It's 8.30 and time once again for the Bible Broadcast with Evangelist Keith Allison. Well, greetings, friend, and welcome again to the Bible Broadcast. This is Keith Allison. I am doing the work of an evangelist out of Demarest, Georgia, and I just want to welcome you to this 30 minutes of Bible exposition and Bible study. And I want to say what a real privilege and honor it is to be back on again with another message out of the good Word of God. I want to thank you for listening. And to those that listen regularly, I want to say thank you so much. And uh, I do appreciate your prayers for me and my wife and pray for this ministry. And for those of you that help us financially to keep this broadcast on the air, I want to say thank you. And uh, so we've been on the radio now since 1984. I went on the radio in March of 1984, toward the end of the month of March of 1984, and so I appreciate God uh, keeping us on the radio all these years. Uh, I would love to sit down sometime and try to figure up uh, how much money has been paid uh, to the radio stations over the years uh, for uh, radio time. Uh, it would be a, a just a, an enormous amount of money. And all I can say is I need to give God the glory and the honor for sending that money in and supplying the need. I'm telling you, friend, God is able, and we need to live that way, and we need to know that. And so I appreciate the Lord keeping me on the radio all these years. I've just tried to honor Him. I have tried my best to uh, preach the gospel that sinners could be saved, and then I've tried my best to be a help to those of you that are saved and to try to uh, carry the good word of God the way the Lord would want me to. I'm still preaching out of that King James Bible. Thank God that's only one for us English-speaking people. And uh, I'm still conservative, still fundamental. Amen. Still Baptist. And so I appreciate uh, the goodness of the Lord. And I'm, thank I'm, I'm thankful uh, to have you uh, in the listening audience. And I know that uh, I've, some of the stations I'm on now, I've not been on but maybe just a few years, but the, but the broadcast itself, I started on WDGR out of Dahlonega, Georgia in to March of 1984. And that was my first radio station broadcast, and I was on there for years and years. Uh, and so I just appreciate the goodness of God. Uh, thank you for listening. Let me remind you that you can go to my website. It is KeithAllisonMinistries.com. Again, that is KeithAllisonMinistries.com. And on my website, you'll see uh, where I'm going to be preaching over the next four to six weeks. Uh, of course, sometimes I, uh, I'm, uh, my schedule, I, in other words, I don't book out solid a long way. And so my wife has to go in and add. So you may look at it today, and then uh, uh, by tomorrow, there may be something else added. So uh, check my website, and also you can go to my website and see the radio stations that I'm on and how that you can listen uh, as some of them stream online. And then uh, there's one, WGTJ uh, 1330 out of Gainesville, Georgia. Uh, we certainly appreciate Brother Mike Walford and the folks there. And uh, they archive the broadcast. And you can go uh, to glory1330.com and hear the broadcast as they are archived. And you'll find all that information on my website, along with the books that I have written, and of course my latest book, 
Discerning the Times, a little book on prophecy, identifying where we are in prophecy. I, I believe you'd be blessed if you're able to get that. And of course, the other books will be of great help as well. But I trust you'll go to the website and check out uh, those books. All right, we're going to turn in the Word of God today to the book of Matthew, chapter number 6. Matthew, chapter number 6. Now, last Lord's Day, I preached a message on why God doesn't answer our prayers. And I gave you several reasons uh, why God may not answer your prayers. Actually, we looked at eight different reasons why God uh, doesn't answer our prayers. Well, I want to stay with that theme of prayer again today. And today, I want us to look at the model prayer. And I know that uh, we all... Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about myself. I need to pray more. Amen. I need to pray more than what I do. But then I want to say this. I not only need to pray more, but I need to pray right. And again, last week we looked at why God doesn't answer our prayer. And a lot of, the, and, and most of that comes from us not praying the way we should. And so today I want us to look at the model prayer as the Lord uh, is teaching his disciples how to pray, how, how to pray. Now, I know we, I know this is referred to as the Lord's Prayer, and I know that sometimes, I know when I was go, uh, going to school uh, many, many years ago, and in, in, this is before they stopped having prayer in school, uh, that we would stand of a morning and we would say our pledges to the, Christ, uh, to the American flag, and then we would repeat, what we called and what everybody referred to as the Lord's Prayer. And it is this prayer in Matthew 6. But in reality, it is not the Lord's Prayer. It is our prayer. It is a model, a prayer that he gave us so that we would know how to pray. Now, when he gave us this model prayer, I do not believe that he intended for us to, to simply repeat it as our standard prayer. Now again, I have no problem, and I've done this as a pastor. I have no problem with a congregation standing and repeating the Lord's Prayer together. I have no problem with that. But I do not believe that's necessarily what he implied when he taught his disciples how to pray. He didn't mean that we're to use that uh, as our prayer but he was showing us the model of prayer or the principles that ought to be in our prayers. And so we're going to look at five of those today. We're going to, I want to show you five different uh, areas that the model prayer covers, and I believe this is what God wants for us today. Now, in Matthew chapter number 6, I'm just going to begin reading in verse number 5. The Bible says, And when thou prayest, Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And their reward is simply the applause of man. So let me say this, he is, and this is not even the message here, but, but this is the foundation to it. He is saying here in verse number five that we're not to be as a hypocrite. They love to pray standing in the 
in the synagogue. In other words, they were praying publicly simply to be heard and to be seen of men. Now, I, I appreciate praying publicly. I appreciate praying collectively at the house of God and praying publicly, and I believe we can pray out loud. I love the old-time altar prayer, don't you, where everybody just prays out loud. And so I, I, I appreciate that. But if that's the only praying that you're doing, you might want to check your motive. So here he said, but when thou prayest, excuse me, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy, thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, the closet was that small uh, private room, and you think of a closet, whether it meant this or not, but you think of a closet in your house. In other words, you're getting out of the mainstream. You're, you're pulling back from where others might be seated. You're, you're pulling back where nobody can see you and nobody can hear you, and you're finding that quiet place and that place to where you are just alone there uh, by yourself. And he said, that's where you need to pray. Now, again, Jesus said that my house shall be called the house of prayer. I believe God wants us to pray at church and to pray collectively at church, but I believe the most serious praying that we do is done in our private prayer life. And if you do not have a private prayer life, then I'm sorry for you, and this message is intended for you. You see, friend, prayer is so vitally important to you and I as a saved person. Jesus said this, and he said, And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. God is looking on. And so when we pray, now listen, listen, when we pray and wherever we pray, we are to pray realizing that God, our Heavenly Father, is hearing us. Amen. And he said, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. In other words, we're not to just simply repeat in a formal or out of formality just go on and on and on repeating the same thing. That's not what he's saying to do. He said, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. So now this brings us to the model prayer. And Jesus said, After this manner, therefore pray ye. So you can see simply from his own statement that this is a a, a model that he is setting forth for you and I to pattern our prayer life after. And again, it's not necessarily to be worded in the same words that he uses, but it is the pattern that he uses. And so how does he begin this prayer? Number one, look what he said. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So number one, this model prayer is a prayer of adoration. It is a prayer of adoration. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You see, this is before we ask anything. This is before we petition God for anything. 
So it's a prayer of adoration. And that word hallowed there, uh, it comes from a word, uh, literally that same one of the same words to be sanctified or to be set apart. And so what this is saying is that our Heavenly Father, He is different than anybody else. He is set apart. It means to be held in reverence and holy awe. Friend, I'm telling you, when we go to God in prayer, we can enter in with boldness, according to the writer of the book of Hebrews, but at the same time, we are to go in realizing that we have approached God. Let me say that again. Realizing that we have approached God, amen, in his holy place. And so it is a prayer of adoration. So when we pray, let's begin by recognizing to whom we are praying and giving him the rightful reverence and holy awe uh, that is due his name. Our Father, amen. This, this little phrase, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, it, it covers two areas. Number one, who he is. He is our Father, our Heavenly Father. And that is a term that was not used maybe just ver but a time or two in the Old Testament. It is a truth that is, uh, that is uh, 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 native, if you please, to the New Testament. The, our, our Heavenly Father, it is a family title. And may I say that one must be born into the family of God to have uh, Him as your Heavenly Father. So who is He? He is our Father. Thank God for that. Who is He? He is our Father, our Heavenly Father. And where is he? Our Father, which art in heaven. Amen. He, I know that in spirit, he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. But friend, I believe that there is a visible manifestation of God in heaven. Heaven means that he is, it is not corrupted by men. It is not corrupted by the devil. It is not corrupted, a friend, with social issues. It is not corrupted by political issues. Our Father which art in heaven, amen. So you see, we're praying to our heavenly Father who is transcendent. He's far above his creation. He is in heaven, thank God. And so hallowed be thy name. It is a prayer. Number one, the model prayer is a prayer of adoration. When we pray, it's not simply to ask for things, but it is to come before God and adore him, adore him, recognize him, and worship him. Amen? And then secondly, the model prayer is a prayer of intercession. Listen to verse number 10. Jesus said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's the second thing. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. So here this is a prayer of intercession. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You see, uh, Jesus is teaching us that we are to pray not just for the need that I may have, but this prayer of intercession broadens out and takes in other people as well. We are to pray for sinners, amen. We are to pray for those that are unsaved. 
And if you have unsafe family members, they ought to be on your lips in prayer every day. And we ought to pray, friend. The Bible said in the book of 1 Timothy when he's teaching us about, about prayer. Let me just read that for you. In the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So friend, in the prayer of intercession, we're praying for people that may need to be saved. We're praying for people that may be sick. Read James chapter number five. We're to pray one for another. And here in Timothy, we're to pray for, for kings. That would mean our president, amen, and I pray for him, and our leaders, and I pray for them that they would govern us righteously. I pray that they would have conviction to govern us righteously so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Amen. So a prayer of intercession uh, here is thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You see, when he said thy kingdom come, that is prophetic. That is an expectation based on the covenants and promises that God has already made. The covenants that God made to Abraham, that God made to David, amen, and the promises that God gave the patriarchs in the Old Testament, God is going to fulfill that when Jesus sits on the throne of David and rules this world for 1,000 glorious years when the kingdom of heaven will be established right here on earth. And that's what the kingdom of heaven is, is basically referring to uh, most of the time. It's referring to the kingdom set up on the earth. And so thy kingdom come. Now listen, uh, Jesus was here when he said that. The Jews were in Israel when he said that. So it was prophetic. Thy kingdom come. Uh, again, it was expectation. And then he said, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. How is his will done in heaven? Well, his will is done willingly, amen. The people in heaven do the will of God willingly. There is no rejecting the will of God in heaven. There is no reluctance uh, to do the will of God in heaven. And there is no regrets to do the will of God in heaven, amen. The people that are in heaven they do the will of God without regret, uh, without resistance, amen, and without rejection. So he's saying, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not only is it done willingly, but it's also done fully. People do not partially do the will of God in heaven. I'm talking about saints of God that have done gone on to be with the Lord. They do and live the will of God completely, willingly, and, and, and fully day in and day out. And so he is praying and teaching us that we're to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So we are to pray with an expectation of his coming kingdom, and then we are to pray in submission to his will. And if you're not willing to submit to the will of God, then God's probably not going to answer your prayer. 
I'm telling you, neighbor, our Heavenly Father, which is in heaven, has a perfect will for every one of us, and we ought to get on board as to what his will is in our life. So this prayer is a prayer of adoration, number one. It is a prayer of intercession, number two. Remember what Samuel said when you're thinking about the prayer of intercession. This is what Samuel told the nation of Israel in 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 23. He said, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. My, my. He said, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. So Samuel said it was a sin not to pray for one another. Oh, friend, I'm telling you, we're to lift one another up. We're to pray one for another. And so this model prayer is a prayer of intercession, and we ought to pray, friend. God in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, he gave us the scriptures where he was looking for an intercessor. In Isaiah 59, 16, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. An intercessor is somebody uh, that gets in between two other parties, amen, and makes intercession. And so what God is saying is that this model prayer is to be a time when you and I uh, stand uh, maybe uh, between that one that's unsaved or that one that's sick, it's not that we're their representative to God. That's not what I'm trying to say. But an intercessor is one that stands between the two. And so what he's saying is that we have an opportunity to pray to God on behalf of somebody else. So we find ourselves between them, taking them to God in prayer. And so when we're praying for the will of God to be done on earth, we're interceding, we're interceding on behalf of people, amen, concerning of this thing of the will of God. And then thirdly, the model prayer is a prayer of petition. Look in verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. It is a prayer of petition. Spiritually, in other words, give us. That means that we are trusting the sovereignty of God. Give us means that we are looking to God to do this. It is our spiritual recognition that God is the one that takes care of us and he is the one that's going to feed us. Friend, it'll be a blessed day in your life when you realize that you can trust him. You can trust him to meet your needs and to take care of you. And so when we pray the prayer, give us, it is an acknowledgement that every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father above. Amen. So, and then look, not only spiritually, but this prayer of petition, we see that we are to pray specifically. Give us this day our daily bread. The bread. And I know that that bread may be a word that is all-inclusive of everything that we need, and I believe that's what he's talking about. But I want to say this, friend, that God, God knows exactly what you and I need. If you need, if you need some money to help pay, amen, your house payment, specify what you need. 
If you're praying for somebody, a friend that's got a problem, specify the problem. Well, you say, well, God knows. I know he knows. But God wants you to verbalize that. You see, friend, I want to give you, I read uh, uh, Dr. Warren Wearsby had this to say. He said that prayer prepares us for the proper use of the answer. Listen to this again. Prayer pre prepares us for the proper use of the answer. If God simply gave us everything we needed without you and I praying, then we would become callous to what he gave us. We would become a friend. Uh, 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 we would become uh, kindly normalized, if you please, and take for granted what God was doing for us. But when you specify in your prayer, and when you pray particularly and specifically in your prayers, and then God meets that need and answers that prayer like you have prayed it, then God has prepared you through the prayer to receive the answer. And so when the answer comes, you know that you prayed for that. You give God the glory for it. It increases your faith and it shows you that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that we ask or think. Amen. So it is a prayer of petition. Now, a lot of people, and I started to say most people, and that's probably right, most people believe that prayer, that's all it is, is just a petition. But no, it is a prayer of adoration. It is a prayer of intercession. And it is to be a prayer of petition, asking God. When we make this prayer a petition, it is spiritual, it is specific, but it ought to be scriptural as well. And you say, what are you talking about scriptural? Well, that goes back to what I preached last Sunday on the radio. We ought to ask believing. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. If we, don't, if we do not pray in faith, God's not going to answer and then John 14, 14, Jesus said that if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. We're to pray in the name of Jesus, amen. And then I, I pointed out last week where that we're to ask according to his will, 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So again, it is a prayer of petition. Number four, it is a prayer for cleansing. This model prayer is a prayer for cleansing. Look in verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. If you've just joined me, I'm preaching on the model prayer in Matthew chapter number six. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So it's a prayer for cleansing. When you read Psalms 51, you'll realize that David recognized that he was uh, not right with God that he had sin in his life and he prayed and he asked God uh, he said wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin and so David showed us an example of the prayer for cleansing it is a recognition of our sin it is a repentance of our sin and it is involved in a relationship with others in other words forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So there's a recognition of sin in this, 
there is the repentance, 1 John 1, 8. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But then there's a relationship. We're to forgive others, amen, as we and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, that is, those that have transgressed against us. Can I say this? That you will be most like Jesus when you forgive other people. You're the most like Christ when you forgive other people. And then lastly, this model prayer is a prayer for deliverance. He said, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So it is a, power, a prayer for deliverance. Uh, we see the danger, that is the evil. We see the divine help lead us and deliver us. And what he's saying here is that we're praying and asking God to help us do those things that we need to do to avoid sin. God is not going to put you in a bubble and shelter you. You're going to have to make the choice, friend, to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You're going to have to watch and pray, Matthew 26, 41. You're going to have to take the word of God in Psalms 119, 9. You're going to have to take the work of the Holy Ghost. The, the, the prayer for our deliverance is us acknowledging God's help in delivering us in our daily walks. My, my, the model prayer. I'm preaching on prayer. Well, my time's up. You can write to me at, at uh, P.O. Box 312, Cornelia, Georgia, 30531. You can email KeithAllisonMinistries at gmail.com. Go to my website, KeithAllisonMinistries.com, or you can call or text area code 706-968-1182. And until next time, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ Murrayville Gainesville and W248DL Murrayville Gainesville. It's 9 o'clock in time.